hello everybody and welcome back. This is a very spooky day as this is All Hallows Eve and we are getting ready for the launch of the first episode of the Call of Cthulhu game in just a few hours. However, our special as we did last year was Call of Cthulhu. This year we are doing the Alien Cinematic Starter Kit. If you listened to the pregame episode, you know all about it. It was a ton of fun. Place your bets on percentage of the cast that survives. So the deal right now is this is going to be the first two-hour segment of our actual play through the included module, the Charity of the Gods. You can go right now to a link in the description for this, which will take you to the front page of our Patreon, where you don't need to be a patron, but there will be a Dropbox link that will have the pregame all three episodes of us playing through the module, and then a little talk and wrap up after the fact. All in all, I want to say it took us about eight hours to do this with the pregame stuff and then us playing through it and all of that good stuff. We actually had to break it into two different play nights to get it completed because, well, nothing went horribly wrong, I'm sure you'll you'll see. But that is free and that is there because we love Halloween and we love doing spooky stuff. If you are... The cinematic kit, the, that which we use to play, comes as a free bonus when you pre-order the full game that comes out later this year. As I don't know the details on if you have to pre-order it directly from them or if you can just give that, show them a receipt for pre-ordering it through other places, so I don't want to put any links to any place specific to get it from, because I don't know. Diva, you are not helping at all. With all that being said, I want to get out of your way and let you guys get to the first part of our Alien Cinematic Starter Kit, the Chariot of the Gods playthrough. Good evening, everybody. This is Oz. I'm going to be the HR Geiger counter for this evening. And we are with the uh, Without a Net cast, and we are going to be playing Alien tonight. So let me go ahead and set the scene for you. Out in deep space is a ship. It is called the USCSS Montero, and it is a bison-class commercial freighter. The Montero is of the same series of star freighter as the Nostromo, of which some of you listening may already know about. But this is a newer model with some minor upgrades. The most important distinction is that the Montero has standard Saturn J3000 engines instead of the Rolls-Royce N66 Cyclone upgrades that the Nostromo had, so it's not quite as good. She's also not rated as a commercial tug. She's fitted to haul cargo internally, like a standard freighter, and she has a cavernous cargo bay with ventral access for such purposes. And so, my crew... Our space truckers aboard the USCSS Montero running the gauntlet, the trade route between Anchor Point Station and the Frontier. Your cargo hold is packed with dozens of tanks of the rare gas helium-3. That's a storage tank, not an armored tank. Usually, cargoes such as these are towed in massive modules that transport much higher concentrations of this gas at a safe distance from a freight hauler. But the Montero, as I said, isn't rated as a commercial towing vehicle. 
and this small run is a special order for a Wayland yutani corporate account on Sutter's World, a newly established frontier colony. While the trip so far has been fairly routine, the Montero sensors developed a glitch before you left Anchor Point Station, and they've been sporadically pinging contact with sensor reflections before you activated the displacement drive and went faster than light. So far, your cargo run has been without incident, and now you are just awakening from hypersleep, ready to deliver your goods to the colony of Sutter's world. And so, as the hypersleep pods open and the crew awakes, who, playing whom, is going first? So Leah Davis, um, a 27-year-old uh, female, um, will uh, wake up from the cargo bay uh, first as she is the pilot. She's probably going to um, get up, um, stretch, get dressed, and probably start to uh, look and see what's going on with the ship uh, just to try to get her bearings on where they're at in relation to the run, how much farther they uh, have to go before they get to uh, Sutter's world. Okay. Let's see. Ah. So, Pilot Leah Davis, you open up the comms and hail Sutter's world, but it doesn't respond to any hails. There's no return ping from their beacon tower. There is no response from the place that you were supposed to be going to. Ah, but this is this is a a new a new outpost, right? This is just newer. Sutter's world Sutter's world is a colony, mm-hmm. but it is not a large enough colony where it can synthesize its own fuel. Hence, it is corporate, but this is a corporate Wayland Utani outpost and they require helium 3, which is why you're going there. Yeah. So if something's not working, yeah, it's not that much of a surprise. Meh. Probably not even mention it. I'll just try again later. I'm sure just one of those colonists, probably in between shifts or something. Right. So who playing whom is next as Leah Davis is checking over the ship's systems and desperately craving, we'll say, coffee right now? There's two cold slaps as hairy feet from... Lyron, Cham, uh, do that thing where you slide out over the bed and just kind of your feet hit the floor, yawning and just scratching at his at his chest. He gets up from the bed, the hypersleep bed, whatever they call it, uh, with his tidy whiteies and reaches and grabs a uh, shirt off the end uh, and begins just kind of walking over towards the other person that happens to be up and about and the coffee machine. He's uh early thirties, got a little bit of facial hair, just more so from lack of uh, putting any actual effort in and some, some scraggly hair tucks his uh, rosary in under the shirt after he puts that on and just kind of like coffee. Yeah, there's coffee. What, you want me to pour it for you? It's just, uh, if you, if you don't mind. And he just sits down at the little table in there. Yeah, Leo grabbed that pot of coffee and, and she'll look at him, smile and, and pour a nice, uh, cup of it and 
put a little cream, a little sugar in there, and um, what would she do with it after that? I want to say she would then spit in it and put it right in front of them. And there's your coffee. Do you hide the fact that you spit in my coffee? No, I do it right in front of your face with a smile. Uh-huh. Just how I like it. And then he'll take a sip. <laughs> so as this amazing exchange is going on, who is next out of the cryosleep pod? Well, uh, Captain Vanessa Miller uh, wakes up and she's about 46 years old. She's tired. She has uh, soft lines around her eyes. Her hair is matted. Uh, she grabs a hair tie off of her wrist, of course, and twists it up. Stands up, says, status, coffee, that order. I'll slide the cup of coffee in front of me. Got your coffee, Captain. She reaches for it. The same cup that I was handed from, uh, the same cup that Leah gave me. And I just kind of give her a look. And sniffs it. (laughs) Uh, And takes a sip. Status, go. Uh, Davis? Status, we're on our course for Sutter's World. I'm going to make contact with them shortly. I just, you know, get my bearings right now. I'm going to hit the shower, you know, have a little me time. I just woke up. Uh, where's Where's the rest of the crew? They are hiding in their cryosleep pods, apparently. Let's get them. We have a lot of work to do before we land this beast. I want this to be in and out. Paging Kayla Rye. Kayla Rye, your captain is requesting your presence. Kayla Rye gets out of her cryo, uh, I don't know, is it cryo birth, cryo tank? I don't know. Cryostasis pod. Cryopod, okay. So Kayla Rye gets out of her cryopod, does a quick stretch, and heads towards the galley to get coffee with everyone else. She has uh, short brown hair and uh, a trucker hat is her most notable feature. All right. Uh, anything broke? Anything need fixing? Or can I actually drink my coffee and go for a shower? I would like everyone to reset, get cleaned up. Uh, however, if we could just run a systems check before that gets done, if you don't mind, just set my mind at ease. This old bucket, I don't want to have to limp in. Um, we need some upgrades on this thing as it is. So let's make sure she's still taped together. Can we? (sighs) Okay. She grabs her coffee and heads towards the bridge to do some systems checks. All right. So before we go any further, I would like you all to know, because this is also an audio play. So I have to tell and not show. I have just made available your agendas. For this act. For those listening, agendas are what the characters' motivations are for this three act series. The closer they play to that agenda, the higher the likelihood I give them a story point later, which they can spend in order to succeed on a roll or get more success on a roll. So if anybody does not have their agenda, please let me know. Also, Please do not share your agenda with anyone. Lighting out of his cryopod, Mr. John Wilson 
kind of rubs his hands over his face and shakes the last remnants of sleep away, looking around, seeing that all the other pods are already empty. Hmm. Well, that's a good sign, at least. Means hopefully the crew is up and about and we can get on with this thing. Uh, he gets up and slaps, gets a couple things together and heads over to his room so that he can take his own shower and check his computer network, find out if he had any emails or messages over the subspace. All right. Give me one moment. I am. Ah, here we are. I had to make sure I had the right thing. So, John J. Wilson, you are, of course, the Wayland yutani corporate executive. You've been on this ship a while. You have your own quarters, which is obviously better than the captain's quarters, as befits a man of your station. And as you enter, Mother kicks the lights on, closes the door behind you, and your terminal starts to light up. And you are able to pull the messages from your uh, from your uh, computer. Some of those should already been be in your agenda. Curiously looking over, making the necessary queries to Mother as to location and times and places that we need to actually make these adjustments. Um, I will make sure to uh, annotate the correct information. And uh, once I get done with my shower, go in search of Captain Miller. Okay. Kayla Rye, you are currently checking over systems on the bridge. Is that correct? That is correct. All right. So as you are checking over the sensor systems, Mother reports an approaching ship, maybe a colonial pickup ship. You don't know. It's coming in at high speed, but the alarms have not yet gone off. Uh, Captain, there's a ship inbound. If you want to look or something. Do you have any idea who they are? Can you hail them, please? Sure. No, 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 no. I do the hailing. I'm the pilot. What are you doing? Kayla gets up. Be my guest. Go for it. I'm going to go for my shower now. (sighs) Leah Davis, pilot. As you sit down, you have no idea what Kayla Rye was talking about. There's nothing on your sensors. Hey, uh... Captain? Yeah? You might want to check uh, Rye out. I think I think something might be... No, maybe those pods. You know how they mess with your brain sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Shower will do them good, but uh, just leave it open just in case. All right, but there's nothing to hail. Maybe a shower would do all of us good. Uh, I'll be back, too, I think. Well, I'll just... Stay up here in the bridge alone, then. Just keep an eye out. If you see a ship, holler. I I don't know what the protocol is going to be here. I want to smell good for uh, when Wilson wakes up. No, no. I'll be ever vigilant. Just make sure you uh, make a good impression if you see him before I do, okay? Stay nice, please. What other kind of impression could I possibly give? And Captain Vanessa just shoots her a look and walks off to the shower. So you will all be pleased to note, as you take your showers, that the hot water is actually working this run. Somebody must have paid somebody off, or maybe one of your roughnecks actually did their jobs. 
you're not sure which, and right now it doesn't matter. I'm going to finish my cup of coffee sitting here with uh, with Leah. Not really interacting with her unless she gets cranky, as she is prone to do. And I'm just going to wait a little bit, let everybody get started on the showers, and then come down and get my shower, and then make sure I use up all of the hot water before Leah gets there to get her back for the coffee. Leah Davis is on the bridge, not in the crew mess. Oh, damn. All right. Um, I'll just have Mother just keep an eye out and then still go down there with the intention of using up all the hot water after the rest of my crewmates uh, get their shower so that, you know, little coffee thing's taken care of. All right. little tit for tat. I got you. Yeah, she started it. It always resets when we wake up, so, you know, it's... It's different. You know, some her fault. That's true. That's true. So while everybody is taking their showers, Leah Davis, you are on the bridge. And what are you doing on the bridge? Um, I, you know, the captain said to just look uh, for things. So I guess I'm, I'm scanning to see if any other um, communications have come in. Any other reports? Uh, Kayla was big on the, uh, making sure the ship's operational, and so is the captain. So I guess seeing if any sensors are pinging. And I'm probably playing with a a pill bottle. Okay. So, can you give me a ComTech plus wits roll? ComTech. Mm-hmm. Plus wits roll. Okie doke. I can do that. Row. Hmm. So... As you are examining the sensors, you turn a couple knobs, you punch a couple buttons, and it beeps at you angrily, as if offended that you would touch it. And so as you reach over and give the thing a smack, because in the future and in space, no one can hear you do percussive maintenance on a sensor (laughs) module, it goes to static, it flashes, and for the briefest moment you see a sensor shadow of a freighter much like yours at your aft. And just as quickly, it's gone. Clearly, this module is garbage. Whoa. I mean, it doesn't hurt to double-check, right? I suppose. Hmm. Captain did say to make sure we you know, did our jobs. What would you like to do? Like to turn this bucket around, make sure. You would like to turn the bucket around. Okay. Aft is behind me, correct? That is correct. Yeah. Turn this bucket around. All right. If you could give me a piloting check at minus two because you're still waking up. Wow. Minus two. Minus two. No stress. Two successes. So, for those listening, and if you have no experience with Alien, which I'm sure, as an RPG, none of you do, because this is brand spanking new, this operates off of a D6 system. It should be familiar for everybody who is playing Shadowrun before, which I'm guessing is most of you that have been listening. So, we roll attribute plus skill. The only thing we are concerned about is the number six for that skill. If you do not get a 6, you do not succeed. If you if you get one 6, you succeed. And for every 6 you get past that, 
you get to choose how you succeed. And when they get stress, we'll get into that. So Leah Davis, on her piloting, has rolled two successes. Leah, tell me how skillfully you turn this ship around to check things out. Um, so she quickly, like, cuts, uh, cuts the thrusters on one side just so it kind of swings its back end around so gently that not even the others feel it. I mean, the water in the showers may move, but these guys aren't even going to feel that the ship is done turned around. Mm, very nice. And so as you swing back around again, you check those sensors, and that shadow is there at the fore now, just for a second, and then it fades. And then your sensor rig is clear. And visibly we can't uh Leah's unable to see anything if she were to try to look. Give me an observation roll. Observation is your wits plus observation. Mm. So as Leah Davis is looking out the front viewport and squinting against the blackness of space, she thinks she sees something. And as she squints to look at it, we go down to the rest of the crew who are getting out of their showers. The hot water is all but spent, but everybody's feeling clean and relaxed. What Did I feel the ship make its turn? Roll me an observation. Wits plus observation. If you do not have observation as a skill, you just roll your wits. There are no penalties. Is that a check for you? Uh, if you want to know if you noticed it, absolutely. Captain Vanessa Miller, you are so relaxed from your shower, you felt nothing. So then I would take my time cleaning up and getting dressed, enjoying that we had hot water for once. Mm -hmm. John Wilson, as you are fixing your corporate coat and uniform, you may note for a second out your viewport that uh, there is a bit of a spin of the star field, but it looked more like a trick of the light because somebody didn't clean the outside of the porthole before you left Anchor Point Station. It's a trick of the light, nothing more. Why can't these space truckers ever just take some pride in their machinery? Rubbing his eyes, he decides to, I decide to go out and go make my way up to the bridge, see if I can't touch base with the captain. All right. The captain is taking her time in the shower. So, John J. Wilson, as you step on the bridge, you see Leah Davis peering out of the viewport, squinting and messing absentmindedly with a pill bottle. Cocking my head over to the side. I take a glance out the window, kind of ducking down, seeing if maybe I'm missing something that's maybe above the frame or below the frame. Um, <clears throat> uh, Miss Davis, everything okay? Um, quick, just shove that pill bottle in a pocket and point out the window. There's a ship out there. Sensors picked it up. They must be malfunctioning now. A ship? What do you mean? Where? Show me. I make my way over to next to Miss Davis if there's room and take a look out the viewport. If you could roll me your observation plus wits. Mm. John J. Wilson, corporate uh, employee, in your long years at Wayland yutani you have learned many things. 
And and your time with this crew, you have learned many more things. Notably, that Leah Davis likes the pills a little bit too much. And once out of cryosleep, she might be seeing things. Oh, well, um, well, Miss Davis, I don't, uh, I don't see anything out here. Hey, um, are we like, is there anything you have to do up here? Have you been had the chance to go and freshen up after the cryosleep? I know how the captain likes to get us going and get the ship moving and everything, but I mean, have you had the chance to maybe get some coffee and get a shower or whatnot? Oh no, I, I got some coffee. Yeah, you think I'm going to leave this bridge to go take a shower? The captain comes up here and sees me not working? Yeah, I'm not going to take that deduction and pay. Forget it. No. <laughs> okay. Well, Good try. Just, just a thought. Uh, I'm not going to be the one redu- reducing your pay or anything. Um, speaking of Miss Miller, have you seen her? Where's she at? Well, she's probably with the rest of the crew, taking the time, showering, getting dressed. I don't know. Maybe she's got to file one of those billion forms and uh, documents. Uh, you corporate types always uh, need everybody to fill out every day. Miss Davis, I don't need you guys to fill out any forms. At least not right now. We haven't pulled anything up. Once we you know, get to where we have to go and to deliver our fuel, that's another subject. But that's just keeping track of everything that we have on board. Nothing's wrong with that, right? Hmm. Well. Well, anyway, um, I'm going to go head down towards the galley. You, you want me to bring you anything back since you're staying up here and waiting for everybody else? Nope. I'm good. I'm going to check these sensors. See what I can find about this ship that okay. is out there. Okay. I'll, I'll talk to you in a little bit then. He walks off the bridge, heading down towards the galley. You cut off towards the galley? Yes, head off towards the galley. Perfect. Well, at the very least, Whalen Yubtani does pay for coffee for every transport ship that is under its employ. So at least you know that you're going to be well caffeinated. What is everybody else doing? I know what Leah Davis is doing. Kayla has uh, finished her shower and uh, uh, starts heading towards the bridge after getting dressed. All right. Lyra will, Lyra will uh, quickly get dressed and kind of jog to catch up uh, yeah, kind of jog to catch up to Kayla as uh, he sees her walking down the, the hallway here to the well, to wherever we're ending up going he doesn't really mind oh, hey man, how's it going? Uh, you know, another beautiful morning-ish morning uh, Leah <laughs> Leah totally spit in the captain's coffee huh. she deserves it Oh, come on. It's not that bad. We're all just trying to do a job here. Yeah, for a couple peanuts. I mean, yeah, but like, you know, this is a, what do they call it? Like, test flight or whatever for this new method of hauling stuff. If we get complete the first one, like, we're we're in there at the ground floor, right? This just means we're... They, they just tell you that shit so you'll work for cheap. All right, we'll see what happens when this job's over and uh, the next one comes along. See who's buying whose coffee then. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. Kayla Rye and Lyron Cham arrive on the bridge to find Leah Davis, ace pilot, 
doing things. What's your break now? I didn't break anything. How about you get these sensors working because they keep flipping in and out telling me there's a ship out there, and I'm pretty sure there's a ship out there. But they keep going on the fritz. So how about you I, do I your told job? you there was a ship out there. What? God, I told you. No, you said you got a message. You didn't say there was actually a ship out there. I said there's a ship out Oh, God damn it. Like I'm going to listen to you. Just fix the sensors. Just fix the sensors. Did you enjoy your cup of coffee? Yeah, it was good. Not you. Uh, I'm sure that the captain did. She's not going to be happy when I tell her what you did to her coffee. What you did to her coffee? Eh, Who do you think she's going to believe, me or you? We'll see. Also, uh, we can watch it from here while Kayla's fixing the sensors. If you want to go get a shower, you... uh, you know, now that everybody's all cleaned up, you're the only stinky one. Yeah, I think we'll all live with that, too, for now. I'm not going to go take a shower until these sensors are fixed, until I confirm there's a ship. So as Kayla Rye massages some knobs and pushes some buttons, and notably hits the sensor module harder than Leah Davis did, the sensors don't show anything, but the comma ray lights up as if you are receiving a message. Ah, sensors are broken. Look at that. So, uh, let's listen to the message. Just press a button or something, I guess. Sure. And so as Kayla Rye pushes a button and pipes the message into the ship's speakers, all you hear is static, interspersed with what has to be somebody talking, but the message is so degraded that you can't get anything from it. Huh. Those are really busted. Yep. Looks like got work cut out for us. Goes back to trying to fix something. And so the camera pans back towards Captain Vanessa Miller. And she's dressed uh, ready to take on a new day as much as she can be. Still looking exhausted. Heads out of the... uh, locker rooms and straight through the galley for another cup of coffee on her way to the bridge. Mm-hmm. And there she will run into corporate employee, the liaison, John J. Wilson, who is already there with coffee. Uh, good morning, uh, Mr. Wilson. How was your sleep? Uh, as as ex- uneventful as one would think they would be from being in cryosleep. Reach, hands out a cup of coffee. Can I interest you in a fresh cup, Captain? Absolutely. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, did you have a chance to uh, check? Are we still uh, on course for delivery? Um, well, I I went up to the bridge already, he says as he pours himself a new cup, and I saw Miss Davis up there. She seemed to be looking out the window like she had seen something out there, um, and then I come down here to get some coffee and something in my stomach maybe and I was hoping to run into you to find out how things were running um, shall we head up to the bridge uh, did did you have a chance to get yourself your food uh, I would hate to rush you you know I can always run up and see what's going on it is my job I can certainly report back to you that's not a problem 
Oh, yes. I was able to get what I needed. I just grabbed a, a real quick bite to eat. It was nothing important. Um, I'm curious to see how we're doing and if we're able to make it on track. I want to see how I can maybe make this trip a little easier for everybody. Wonderful. Um, uh, yep. Feel free. Uh, it's, it is, after all, your ship. And so as... Stay out of your way. Perfect. And so as you're both talking, you'll hear the loudspeakers over the ship come on and the voice of Kayla Rye saying something about, okay, let's go ahead and listen to this. And then you hear that same garbled static. And there's definitely somebody talking, but you can't make anything out. So for everybody listening, if I can get an observation roll, currently you are at zero stress. That's plus wits? Yes, plus wits. Okay, okay. Oh my. Captain Miller is still waking up, I see. But these are some excellent rolls. For those who are listening, we've got one success, one success, two successes, three successes, and one success. So, for those listening, you're able to establish a pattern very quickly. While you still can't understand what is being said, you can tell that it is on auto-repeat because of the same pulses of static and the same places and the same timestamps. This is an automated message. And as you all digest that, the static fades away, replaced with the neutral tones of Mother 6000, the ship's computer. Captain Vanessa Miller, please report to the mainframe. And I turn on my heel and walk off to the bridge. So when Captain Miller meets the bridge, she will find her pilot and her two ship techs arguing over who broke what and something about coffee. How much do you care right now? Uh, what was that? Ship broke. We're fixing it. Where did that recording come from? Space. There's a ship out there. Like I said. Have you tried sending them a message? Open a channel, please. Uh, we don't see them on sensors, though. So, that's broken, too. There's no telling how long that's been in, you know, the system. What do you mean, there's no telling how long it's been in the system? We've been awake for, like, 20 minutes. Was this a stored message? Well, you see this light here? It came on when I turned the knobs properly, saying that there's a message coming in from space. And... The ship that I said was there and no one, I don't know, people didn't believe me, I think. I don't know. Um, it came from there. Uh, so that. Davis, what do you think? Well, I think it's kind of surprising that Kayla's still surprised we're in space and that messages come from space. Well, the captain here asked where it came from. Where else are they going to come from, Kayla? Where else? Well, tell that to the captain. space? Yes, I know. You guys. Just fix the sensors. Just do your job. Please. Look, we got a message. Too. It was automated. We all know. Look, Miller, come on. 
It's a message. Uh, it's automated. It's probably set uh, for the ship because maybe the people on there are too injured to actually send a message. We really probably should go check it out. Captain Miller, can you give me a empathy plus command roll? Three successes. Wonderful. Captain Miller, feel free to command your crew, and they must listen to you. Davis, Rye, separate. Davis, I need you to go get cleaned up. We all need to remember we have the corporate shell on our boat. We need to impress him. We're not going to do that by fighting amongst ourselves. Please calm down. Davis, go get a shower. We'll, you know, run some checks. Maybe we have ice on a mount. We'll have mother run some behind the scenes checks and see just what we can figure out. You know, this thing, this ship is being held together by a thread. We need this, guys. Don't screw it up for us. Hey, I'm more than happy to go take a break. But you want to impress a corporate show? If there's a ship out there that can be salvaged and make some money off of it, nothing's going to impress him more than making some money. Just saying. I agree. (laughs) We have a job to do. We need to get that done. We're not deviating at this point. Everybody with me? And I look around at the people who are left. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, that ship would be lots of money. Let's uh, head towards that. See? And he points over towards Kayla and is like, I told you. We got a good feeling about this. Uh, You need me to do anything here or should I just go get to work? Yeah, just uh, if you don't mind checking on the cargo, make sure nothing shifted. That could cause some of our problems. You got it, and he gives a little bit of a salute. Not like a, you know, you are the captain, so, but not like a, yes, sir, yes, sir. The speakers ping a second time. Captain Miller to the mainframe. The mainframe room is off of the bridge, and it is in a sequestered area that is only available to whoever is in command. Captain Miller, you have a key card that will open that door. This way, your nosy crew can't find out what Mother has to say to you. Okay, I swipe the key card and go in. Sit down. I assume I have a nice chair in there in front of my terminal. You do. In fact, it's so cramped in here that it's like being in a recliner that's already half reclined. And so as you sit down, the terminal springs to life and lines of text start filling the monitor. It seems that the Montero has picked up a distress signal, something that you have already heard on the speakers. The crew will need to triangulate the location and find the source. Weyland Utani corporate code states that any ship within distance of a distress call must answer the hail, or all shares are forfeited. If you do not do this, you're running this hall for free. <sighs> I just uh, take my hand and rub on the Weyland Utani patch. That is on the jacket of my uniform. 
Uh, all right. Looks like we have some people to save. Stand up and enter the bridge. Um, Rye, uh, that is a distress call. Looks like you might get your wish after all. Wonderful. I mean, if they're in distress, it's not wonderful. But, you know, if they need help, is there a bonus in it? Yeah, likely a bonus. Uh, all right. Let's, can you triangulate their location for me? Sure thing, Captain. John Wilson would know if there is a bonus because he is a Wayland yutani liaison. P.S. Yes, there is. I kind of assumed it was said that in my, the, in all the scrolling text. <laughs> uh, mother doesn't care if you get a bonus. Mother only knows that you won't get paid if you don't do what she say. Uh, did it say what the other ship was hauling? It did not. It only said that there was a distress signal. Do we have a name for the ship? All you know is that there is a distress signal. Drat. Um, did uh, John Wilson ever come up to follow me to the bridge, like he said? Did he? John did. and He was walking up as the others were walking out of the bridge, respecting the captain's wishes to get up and talk to her crew before he was around and got close. So currently, John is sitting on the bridge looking to see where everybody is. Only seeing uh, Kayla there and looking around for the captain. Hey, uh, Courtman, is there a bonus if we rescue a uh, what? What is it? A, a derelict ship? Uh, well, I I would guess that would really depend on who owns the derelict ship. I mean, I'm if it's a Wayland Yutani ship, uh, most definitely there's a bonus, and that bonus will be varied upon in value depending on the ship, the contents of the ship, what you're able to salvage because we value our property and we want to make sure we're able to maintain what we have. So, I mean, if cool. we find something that is of considerable value to us is, you know, our, our, our objective, I guess you would say, to make sure that we maintain our value. Awesome. Uh, yeah, because there's a derelict ship doing distress signals. So uh, we're trying to find it so we can rescue it. Uh, is, would there be any way you could find out, uh, Mr. Wilson, if there are any other Whalen yutani ships in the area? Because it is, in fact, a Whalen yutani ship. I'm sure I could ask Mother and see if there's any uh, freight train, uh, freight roads or um, any ske- things scheduled to come by this way. Sure. I would certainly appreciate that, sir. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll I'll be right back, and I'll, I'll I'll let you know what I find out from Mother, and I will go and go talk to Mother and see what I can find out. Okay, so as John Wilson is let into Mother's uh, mainframe chamber, Kayla Rye is massaging dials, twisting knobs, pushing buttons, and because she is a talented yet drastically underpaid engineer. She has triangulated the position of the source of the distress signal, and it is in front of you and slowly pulling away. Found it, Captain. Where is she? Can't you read the 
the, the thing here. It's in front of us and slowly pulling away. We should probably get the, uh, we should probably get Davis back out here to, uh, get us going and would bug her. Yes, Kenny Pager. She's not going to be happy about this. So there's a comm system on this, right? I can just... Absolutely. Uh, Pilot Davis, you're needed in the bridge. Uh, hurry up. Uh, find the nearest comm uh, spot uh, outlet there uh, next to me. What's, what's, what's going on? The, um, we found the ship. Yeah, yeah, we gotta fly to it. I'm sorry, one more time, you found what? A ship in space. Where you the mean signal the ship that from. I said was there? The ship? Yes, but I That's got right. the actual coordinates for you. Yeah, I'm just, you know, making sure you realize I was the one that found the ship. That's all. I found it first, you... We also, have we no can't time, help but children. <laughs> children. Settle down. Davis, get your butt up here. She's making her way up. Uh, <laughs> so, Lyron Sham, you'll be happy to note that the uh, a few dozen helium-3 tanks that you're carrying are still strapped down and snug, and that the cargo transport shuttle that you have seems to be in well enough working order for something that is over 80 years old. Just like we left it. Just like you left it. Uh, for future reference, because it might become relevant, how many trips is the shuttle going to have to take to unload all of this stuff? Uh, let's see. That is something that I know. Oh, I wasn't actually expecting that to be a thing that you knew. I know, right? Let's see. Where did it go? Oh, that's right. It's here. So the cargo shuttle can carry... 10 tanks, and you have 72. So it would take eight trips. And is it just like a one-person seater thing, or is it like a two-person thing? The cargo shuttle Daisy is a two-person cargo shuttle. One person can fly it, or, you know, pilot, co-pilot. Okay. Just in case. Of course. Not that anything's going to go wrong, but, you know... Just so I need to know who is going to be stuck. Uh, actually, as a question, the canisters, are they big enough? Are they too big to like stuff one in a co-pilot seat to make it in seven trips instead of eight? Uh, correct. They are large enough to where you would not be able to stuff it into a person seat. They require a power loader in order to lift and move. I got a class two license. I am sure you do, and there is also a power loader on the ship. It's my baby. So as you're fawning over your Mark II power loader, Davis arrives on the bridge. It is getting crowded up there. Why is everybody on the bridge? It should really just be the captain and the pilot. Rye, you should be down in the bowels of the ship somewhere, fixing it. (sighs) Rye walks off. And Sham, I don't even know why you're on the ship. I'm down in the cargo. Okay, good. I mean, I'm you still say well. that. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine you said it over calm. And I'm just like... Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, us now, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. The way it should be, just me and Miller. 
running things. Go team. <laughs> All right. So we're going to go find the ship, like I said, and. Yeah, you were right. You were right. You were right. That's why I always trust you. Uh, Davis, can you do me a favor, please, and check what their trajectory is? Make sure if we match speeds and stick with them, we're not going to veer off into a random sun. Uh, and let's look at trying to stick together. Can you can you stick this this old derelict bird to that to whatever that is, or pull me around for a better look? I'm offended that you doubt my ability. I mean. No doubts. <laughs> so, Leah Davis, you've already turned, and where the sensor logs show a, a hole, there's uh, Kaylari has, has basically made a reticle where the center of the transmissions are coming from and marked it as unknown dash one. So you know that with a simple piloting roll, you will be able to close up, match speed, and if necessary, you can extend the umbilical in order to hook up with the airlock and provide assistance to this uh, distressed ship. Okay, doke. Let's see what happens. <sighs> One success. That's all you need. So as you sit in the pilot seat and you adjust the thrusters, after a time you see stars start to wink out on the viewport as something grows out in space, where everybody is in space. <laughs> you flick a switch, and bright, luminous floodlights flow out from the front of the ship, and they illuminate something in the darkness. And as the lights run over the hull of this damaged, derelict piece of junk, you are able to see the name and the registry number of the USC SS Cronus, registered Wayland yutani Vessel 142601. Look at that, Captain. That right there's money. I think you're right. Looks in pretty crappy shape. I wonder how long it's been floating. And about that time, Mr. Wilson comes out from Mother's office. Parents back on the bridge. Uh, hey, Captain, there wasn't anything. No other ships are supposed to be in this sector. Well, I don't know right, where I this thing came from, but it's here for sure. Take a look. It's one of yours. This, this thing. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, Wilson walks up to the windows and looks out the windows and sees the ship. The Cronus. What Captain. Oh this this is a science ship. We've been missing this ship for like seventy seventy three years this ship's been missing. I don't know. I think that adds a couple zeros now, doesn't it? If if we're able to if your crew was able to salvage this, there would be a a substantial bonus in it for you. Yes, that is correct, Miss Davis. All right. Can we mark our location in the computer? Uh, make a note of exactly where we found this. We're gonna we're gonna do this one by the book. Got it, Davis. Aye, aye, Captain. So you will note both 
John Wilson and Captain Miller. The book in this case is that a salvage operation by the Montero is mandatory or else all shares are forfeited. But still, they got to show a little appreciation, right? Oh, yes, of course. You know, You'll get a bonus for we were able to bring back from the ship. You know, the, the more things that we can bring back, the larger incentive Wayland Yutani Corporation would have to reward such efforts. What do you know about this ship? You said it was a science ship. Uh, do you know what? I mean, is it deep space testing or where were they supposed to be? What specifically can you tell me? Uh, well, it was, it was way before my time. Um, it's kind of almost like a, like you might want to say a corporate legend that the ship was out. We were, it was in transit and then all of a sudden all communications just vanished. It never showed up to its destination. And I mean, Wayland Yutani sent out the, you know, the, the requisite search ships and, and re- rescue craft, but it didn't show up anywhere in the flight plans that were registered. Um, and this was about 70, God, 73 years ago. I mean, Captain, does it really matter why it's out here? It's here. We need to get on board, see what we can find. That's Really all very that matters true. at this point, right? Yeah, very true. Alright, Davis, if you don't mind, just do a fly around, make sure there's no big holes in the ship, uh, and find a good place to attach. I'll get our, get everyone together, get our suits ready. Uh, it looks like we're going for a walk. You got it. I'll find a good place to attach. I'll make sure it's all nice and secure before we go over. Excellent. So. Give me another piloting role, and we'll use that in lieu of your comtech role in case you break something again. So before fully matching speed alongside where you know the main airlock to be to match up with yours, you are able to do a a full fly around of this vessel. And from the viewports, you can see that it has suffered significant damage from micrometeorites. The science module that is supposed to be on the back of the ship is missing. And it looks like there might be some locations where there was decompression. So you are fairly certain that the ship is dead in space because we're all in space. There are no exterior or interior lights that you can see. The only sign of life is a slow red pulse on the comm antenna repeating a distress call. So the state of being of this ship that is located in space. Because mm-hmm. um, we're all in space. Um, is the damage suffered enough or, or is it not bad enough that they can all get over or we can all get over in suits if need be? Correct. Um, you were all able to get over there in suits or through the umbilical or through the umbilical mm-hmm. with suits. Even, mm-hmm. um, it is damaged enough that even, even you who are un, unused to walking in space because we're all in space, uh, would need a pressure suit in order to ensure that you would be able to breathe and operate on the vessel. Okay. 
Um, so, um, Davis, Captain, it looks like, uh, we can get over there. We're going to need suits, but I think Rai's going to finally earn that paycheck. Probably going to have to do a little, uh, rerouting of power to get, uh, things up and running. Just really see what's going on there. All right. Sounds good. Uh, let's, let's get her attached. See if you can grab a hold of her. Is that doable with my success already? It is not. In order to attach to the ship, there are two things you can do. You've already matched course and speed. Mm -hmm. So you can just jump across in pressure suits and spacewalk. Or... Oh, not like... We don't have like a tube that we could attach and go through the tube? You do have a tube. (laughs) You do have a tube in space. Because we're all in space. In order to extend the umbilical and make it work, you will need to succeed at a heavy machinery roll. If you just want to bounce across in a spacesuit, that is a mobility roll. This so looks like a job for, for. This looks like a job for Cham, right? That's like our uh, cargo handler. Yep. Wouldn't he be the one? All right. Yep. Well. Uh, since I know, obviously, he's one of my crew, uh, what they're capable of, uh, I'm gonna, uh, hit the comm button and, uh, call, call out to him. Uh, hey, hey, Cham, we, uh, got a job for you. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're coming through. So it turns out there's, a uh, dead fish in the water out here. We gotta catch, uh, you up for the job? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll uh, I'll just be up putting it, making sure everything's good down here. We'll get suited up and uh, get things straight. All right, sounds good. Davis, hold course. We'll be over there in a jiffy. Back on the road to Sutter's World in no time. Awesome. So, Mr. Cham. Yeah, one of those uh, heavy machinery rolls, right? Absolutely. Plus what in this case? Plus nothing. Oh, uh, so just it's plus strength. I thought. Oh yes, yes. Heavy machinery plus strength. My apologies. I'm like, you don't get a bonus for this. This is your job. I'm strong. You are strong. So, mm, something's uh, something's getting hitched up, Captain. Hold on. So, you have failed this roll. Zero successes. You are not allowed. To roll again, unless you push that roll. And if you push that roll, you gain one stress. However, it means you get to re-roll all your failures, plus the one stress. Or, you figure out something else. Uh, oh. Help, champ. Push you What's in going face. on over there, buddy? Uh, something seems like it's a little hung up. Uh, let me just... More like performance issues. That's not true. There's probably debris out there. Yeah. So what would you like to do? Um for for giggles, I will I will push the roll because somebody's been cranking in my ear all morning. Now it's just Alright. Ah, excellent. So you work past all of the 
jams and hangups of this damn umbilical that somebody was supposed to fix, but didn't. But it's okay because Kayla Rye is your bro or your sis in this case. And after a few smacks in the right place with a nearby hammer, because there's always a hammer nearby, you hear the umbilical extend and you can see through the airlock door that it is fully extended and has locked against the Cronus. Just kind of come over top of the comms. It's like, there you go. We're all, uh, we're all plugged up. All right. Success. I knew you could do it. Uh, let's get suited up. Um, who is coming with me across the water? Uh, yeah, I can. Oh, I'm not going to miss it. Totally going. But who will pilot the ship? Oh my gosh, it has autopilot, Cham. Read the oh, manual. Oh, then why do we need you? Mm. You know why. Captain Miller, uh, I have forwarded the gear list of the Montero. You may distribute that as you see fit. Yeah, I see this. Okay. One second, please. Mm-hmm. Of course. All right. Uh, let's, let's talk to Mr. Wilson. Before we make any harsh moves, I want to know if he's coming with us and we got to babysit him over there or not. So, uh, let's, how about we all take five, uh, and I'll meet you in the galley. Sound good, team? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Talk to, talk to Wilson. Fine. But just saying, Captain, if we, you know, I'm really the only one that's going to be able to pilot that thing once we get it running. So. I know, I know, but we Except have to take it with pilot. Oh, you too. Again. I'll be back. Uh, so where do like, I find him? Is there like powdered eggs in the uh, galley or something that we can eat? Oh, you know it. Perfect. So uh, Rye starts uh, scrambling up some powdered eggs. You need to be uh, well fed before you do a spacewalk. I guess it's not a spacewalk, but whatever. I mean, you're walking and you're in space because we're all this in space. True. This is true. Corporate liaison, John Wilson, what are you doing? Uh, well, uh, since the the bridge was a little bit crowded, I did decide to leave and just want to walk about about the main deck of the Montero. Uh, currently, I'm in the med lab just looking at the various pieces of equipment that are up and running and checking to see how things are working at this point in time since we're just coming out of cryosleep. Of course. And so that is where the captain will find you. Uh, Mr. Wilson, uh, we have successfully attached to the other ship. That's that's great news, Captain Miller. Um, I'm, I knew that your crew was going to be able to successfully do that. Uh, so what's your game plan? How are you guys going to go about doing this? Uh, well, it appears that it is dead, uh, and it has vented all of its atmosphere. Um, so we're going to need to suit up and actually do a walkthrough. Um, uh, I was just checking to see if you were staying here or if you would be accompanying us. Well, Captain, I think it would be best if I were to stay here. I wouldn't want to be in your guys' way. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I don't know much about salvage operations or having to get about in the on a derelict ship much less having a spacesuit on i'd be nothing but a problem to you 
Not a problem at all. Just wanted to make sure. Um, and if you could stay awake while we are over there, just in case we need to communicate, uh, we can do so through the ship's onboard communication. Okay. Of course, Captain. If there's anything that, you know, I can do to help, just let me know if I need to be, uh, you know, looking up things over here in medical or just sitting down on the bridge waiting for you guys to call me over, then that that's where I'll be. Anything to help the crew out. I think sitting down someplace out of the way would be great for now, sir. Uh, I saw you were reading uh, bef- when we left uh, that good story you were telling me about. Maybe engross yourself in that. Just stay uh, awake, uh, but don't touch anything. Sure, sure. I can do that for you. That's not a problem. I, I, I don't want to, you know, make something happen that doesn't need to happen by by not knowing how to do it. So um, I guess I'll just sit down in the galley and read a couple pages. All right. Oh, wonderful. And with that, uh, I go back to uh, meet up with the rest of the crew and give them their assignments. Not even any salsa with these eggs. It's Uh-oh. horrible. What was that? I don't know. I thought I heard somebody talking. Sounded like what? somebody tried. Is it me? Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Okay, good. Wonderful. Okay, crew. Did you hear my comment or did that not no. go through? So that no. was you. Okay. <laughs> it did not go through. Uh, so yeah, there's no, there's no salsa with these eggs and it's absolutely terrible. There is a dream of salsa. You say that every time. One of these days we'll get salsa money. Okay. We, hopefully there's something good over on this ship. Uh, so the corporate guy said it's been missing for 70 years. You never know what we might find on there that still could be useless. Um, salsa next time. And before I forget, I am now going to show you the blueprints of the vessel as Mother is bringing those up on the uh, main table on the bridge. And deck D. You should now have the full schematics of the Cronus. And where are we attached to? Where will we be? Entering, does it say? You will be, where is it? On deck A, the cryo deck, there is a main airlock at junction A1. So, um, that is where uh, you'll be able to connect. Essentially, you are going to be flying on top of the ship. And the, uh, the, the catwalk uh, umbilical is extending straight down. But this is space. We're all in space. So it is forward. All right. Uh, guys, let's get our, we got to get our suits on. Um, Cham, I want you to grab a hold of the power loader just in case we need it. Um, and grab that subspace grappling gun. We might have to jump through the ship. It would be nice to have a way to move. Um, Rye, you're probably going to need your cutting torch um, and the incinerator. Um, Davis, could you please grab that bolt gun 
the motion tracker, and I'll take the pistol. Sound you good? You are strapping up. This is awesome. You got it, Captain. All right, so who is currently at the umbilical looking across at the other ship? Gosh, I hope I am. You can be if you want. I am. Okay. Give me an observation roll, please. Observation plus wits. Five. So you take a glance down the umbilical because you're getting excited and you're just about to turn away to go grab the bolt gun and the motion tracker. And then you stop because you can tell the outer airlock door that you were looking at that you're about to walk over to is heavily damaged. Only... It's not damaged like it hit a meteorite and it's bent in. It's bent out like something was trying to break out. Minor explosions happen in space all the time on ships. They do. Not unusual to see, especially one that's been out. I mean, could be why it's derelict right now. Not an issue. Could be. Mm -hmm. Definitely still going over. No problem. Okay. So it will take you about 15 minutes to go through your checks, put on your pressure suits, and grab your gear. And 15 minutes later, you are assembled in front of the umbilical to go onto the cryo deck of the USCSS Cronus. Is the umbilical big enough for the loader? It is not. Darn, so that stays back home, I guess. Back in the other ship. <laughs> well, Captain, do you want to go first, or do you want one of us to go over, check it out? I know you've been waiting for this, Davis. Smack you on your back and send you on your way. I'm going to head toward the Cronus. Leah Davis is the first being to step foot on the science ship in 73 years from the outside. If john wilson's stories are to be believed but the first thing you notice when you touch down on this door is that the control panel to open it is not functioning the door is buckled outward as if something was trying to explode out from it and no amount of heaving or pushing from the pilot is able to budge this door no what you need is a cutting torch. Come back and uh, let them know we need a, a torch to cut the door open. Uh, it's severely damaged. Huh. Well, look Rye. at this here. Look at this cutting torch I got. Maybe I can open up the door for you. There you go. Yeah, that's the point, so. Rye. Move your ass and get over here. <sighs> Rye goes up with the cutting torch and starts opening up the door. Uh, give me a heavy machinery roll plus strength, please. Uh, I'll stress that. Okay. See what you're doing, Leah? Stressing everybody out. Sure do. Two successes. Mmm, beautiful. So, despite the pilot's nattering, Rye, you know how this works. And you flick that torch on, and you cut a hole into that door, and it falls inside with a clang. The Cronus's airlock is now open to you. And as that piece of door falls away, it lands where the inside is up. 
and you can see it is covered in gouges and scratches and weird brown stains. And even through your suit, you can feel the chill of a dead ship as you step inside the airlock. Huh. This isn't what I was expecting. I come right, in door- behind you, you know. I'm just door- like, ugh. Spooky. Doors open. Come on, guys. Spooky's right, though. Man, this place gives me the heebie-jeebies. That's how you know it's serious, because Rai isn't swearing about it. Right. Okay. Let's see. Ah, yes. So as you step inside this junction, and at this point, everybody is inside, the only illumination is from your shoulder-mounted flashlights. John J. Wilson on the ship has access to terminals so he can see what you are seeing from the video cameras that are mounted to those flashlights. And your environmental sensors on your suits signify that there is an incredible amount of CO2 and currently no operational life support. It's a good thing that you've got oxygen tanks, but don't breathe too fast. Uh, Rai, is there any way you can get temporary power hooked up here, jump us from the other ship, uh, plug us in so maybe we can have lights in this thing? I'm assuming that is a thing that can happen? It is a thing that can happen. Okay. That, yeah, I'll uh, I'll get on it. Uh, what would I roll? For this, you don't need to. It's fairly standard. The umbilical is already extended. You complete the extension. You pressurize the whole thing. And you're able to hook into the power. And the inner airlock door is able to hiss open. And that chill just seems deeper. But as you plug the power in and you're jumping from the Montero, you can see weak emergency lighting along the bottom of the deck. But still, the most powerful light source is the flashlights that you carry. Should I work on getting... uh the uh, life support back on or what that would be good see what you can do Uh, see if you can close down any open parts of the ship I know we saw some holes in it when we did our fly around Uh, just see what you can figure out for us all right and uh, let's can he work on that here or do we need to find the bridge of this ship to do those things So where you are in the junction, you have a ladder going down that leads to other decks. Uh, You can see that there is a a passageway that opens to what we will term the south, where there is the the tea hallway that leads towards the cryopods. And above you is a reinforced bulkhead door. Behind it, inside the, uh, you can see through the the thick plexiglass, you can see the ship's computer, and it is functional, but the lights are very low, and in frosted, frost covered, I should say, uh, stenciling, it says Mother Two Thousand. Would I? Uh... Would my key cards, is it still the same 
type of opening, um, you know, to the PFOB swipe? No. No. Um, you know, as ship's captain, that the access cards to the mother mainframe only work for your ship. You would have to find the access keys to the Cronus uh, in order to open that door. Okay. Uh, or, hear me out, Cutter. That is a thing that could happen. Do you think you could cut the door open? Because I want to get in there. I want to see what this computer is going to tell us. I don't see why not. It's just a door. Bulkhead. Sure, it wouldn't be that hard. What do the rest of you guys think? I know I'm your captain, but we are a team at the end of the day, after all. Well, Leah hates it. I mean, you know, do we know if the, uh, I mean, because I would assume many people, when they see that door and don't have a key, go, oh, cutter. Does the room have any kind of, you know, security measures that could work against us in any way? Even if the ship has no power, is there anything that could happen? Is, is it worth the risk or, you know, we can always get into this room later once we, you know, get it back. Well, on the other side of this door here is the cryo. So if there's people in cryo still, we could check their pockets. Exactly. We should probably look to see if there's, you know, survivors or bodies or anything. So Yeah, I don't think there's survivors out? after 70 years. All right, all right, we get it. But we should still at least try to find them. We should probably split up, search the ship. Oh, yes. Split up and search the ship. All right. We'll table this for now. Uh, First person to find a key card gets the salsa that I have hiding back in the ship. (laughs) Just turn to to Kayla. Salsa money. (laughs) Salsa money. Yes. (laughs) All right. I'll, uh, I'm gonna head toward, uh, I guess I'll head toward Medbay. Okay, you're going to head towards Medbay. So. Two together, please. What? We cover more if we separate. Yeah, there's I don't four like decks, this. there's four of us, it's gonna go a lot quicker. We're gonna get back on the road to Sutter's World. So the Med Lab is on deck B, which means you're going down the ladder. Mm-hmm. And. Don't mind me. I'm just looking. That's okay. I'm doodling. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> so if you would like to go, that is the direction that you are going to go. Is anybody going with the pilot to the med bay on deck B? Pilot uh, I follow <laughs> I follow her down uh, with every intention of checking out the bridge of this ship. Okay. Well, that makes it very easy because the bridge is also on deck B, which is the main deck. My rough decks, uh, what you doing? So, Jam, I think we should uh, find where the storage is. Because I think uh, that would tell us money. How much we could probably get for saving the ship. Uh, sure. Kind of want to get in that door, though. The door? <laughs> ah, yeah. Yeah, why not? Let's Captain go that way, then. Say don't. This is true. This is true. All right. And uh, so as Captain Miller goes down the ladder. I don't know why she told me to take the cutter. You're clearly better with it. There you go. You can have the cutter. I blame Leah. Well, she probably knew how lazy Cham was and figured somebody had to carry the heavy weight for him. All right, so Cham, as you grab that laser cutter, 
It's mm-hmm. like um, the collective knowledge of generations of welders fills your mind. And as you're looking at this door to the mainframe, you yep. know that to cut through is going to take you two shifts, nearly 10 hours, and it's going to burn through all the fuel you've got because of how fucking thick this door is. What if, instead of going through the door, I went through the ceiling or the vents into it? I got uh, I got schematics, right? You have schematics. Yeah, we'd have to go to the comm station underneath and go through the floor. Or the vents. Vents in these old ships are pretty big, right? There are no vents above it. You would have to go through the bridge to get to it. And you'd probably get a chair dumped on your head, just saying. But it could be done. Yeah, let's uh, let's go downstairs and we'll see what we can figure out, see if there's something underneath of it that we can uh, make this a little easier. Okay. So as everybody goes down into Junction B1, unless you go down and take the stairwell, either way, I mean, the stairs still work. You are now on deck B. The air is just as stale. It is just as cold. It is just as dark. But fortunately, everything seems to be open. But as you start to explore this junction, you can see that there are four doors, one which leads to the stairwell. You can see a door, and it's labeled next to it, Bridge. And then the two doors on either side say Escape Pod. How many escape pods are there? Zero. How many are there supposed to be? There are supposed to be enough pods for a crew of 17. How many people per pod? Like One. Asking the real questions. (laughs) So the... The the pods, there's basically, there are, we'll call it six pods up here that are supposed to be here. And then there's there's other stuff that's down towards uh, the med lab where there's more pods. So it's just, just kind of like broken up around the ship. Yeah. So the six pods for the, for the command station are gone. There's nothing there. Does it look like they uh, were deployed, or does it look like something else nefarious happened to them? You know that they are missing. And as you're checking these vestibules, if I could get observation rolls... You just went across the board, or...? If if you got people who are checking the vestibules, if you're not checking the vestibules, you don't have to. You can scarper off and do what you were doing. Yeah, Kayla Rai is not looking at the vestibules just straight to okay. the comm station looking under at the floor or the ceiling wondering how to cut through i'm okay. clearly not also checking the mouth so as cham and miller are checking these out the flashlights roam across the the far corner and there is a hulking figure all red waiting does it move when the lights hit it? Your light flashes across it, you see it, and then you stop and you go back to it. And it looks like it's lying in wait, ready for you. What you gonna do? It's been seconds. Just... Ready my weapon. Okay. So you point your pistol at this thing, and it doesn't move. Your lights kind of 
pan up towards where the head would be, and it's a helmet. And this is a bulky-ass armored spacesuit that you haven't seen since the Daisy was new, which is your cargo shuttle. I can't believe that people used to walk around in space in that crap. Look at that ancient technology. You know what I'm looking at, though, right? Money. Money. Uh, I want to, like, grab it and pull it in so it's not, like, floating around haphazardly. So you will note that the artificial gravity on the Cronus still functions. Well, that's convenient. Yeah. So you're not actually, like, floating. You are walking. And it's just, like, chilling? Mm-hmm. Just standing there. Is it normally supposed to do that? Is it, like, is it a full-powered armor thing? It's basically an armored spacesuit. I wouldn't say that it's, you know, powered up, but it's it's hanging or standing basically on a rack. Yeah, I'm going to go up to it, and I'm just going to, like, give it the quick once-over, see if it's in, uh, I don't want to say working order, but just, like, is it missing half of the back of it? Is there vital components that aren't here? Uh, This suit is fully functional. It's just empty. Neat. Does it have a weapon on it, or is it just the armor? It's just it's just an armored spacesuit. Okay, I wasn't sure if they had like built in stuff. Yeah. Um this is essentially a all world survival suit on page ninety. So let me roll up to page ninety and I will tell you what it's got on it. Well that's neat. Yep. It is a hard suit. It is fully articulated rotary joints and self actuating fingers. It has a limited range of mobility. The helmet has a sophisticated heads-up display built in, and the suit has its own thrusters for tether-free zero-G maneuvers. It has an unshielded communications array, and thus is sensitive to rogue transmissions. But it has an armor rating of 4, and a maximum air supply of 6, compared to the air supply of 5 for the hard suits you're using. Does it have a readout on it, on whether or not it's got air or anything? Like, Because you just mentioned how much air it's got. Set up for it. So currently it says that the air tanks are empty. Okay. And can I see if there's anybody inside it just for... You see there's nobody inside. And you also know that the way this thing is hooked up, that if power was restored, it would start filling those tanks with air to make sure that they were ready. Cool, cool. Good to know that it's... uh... (laughs) The exception of the missing escape pods, nothing out of the ordinary here with this thing. Right. So, who is on the bridge? Kayla is looking at the ceiling, trying to figure out how to cut through. So, as you enter the bridge, you'll see that there's only emergency lighting. And it gives off a strange, eerie orange glow. The armored shutters covering the viewports are all locked down, so you cannot see outside the ship. As you're looking at the ceiling, you see that it is blackened with soot. And several stations are burned out. Huh. So there is a fire on the bridge. Okay. One other thing that you will note. This bridge has the command station, a hollow table, a tech station and a sensor station, and two pilot stations. You will note that the holographic display table is completely slagged. It is gone. It is done. Oh, okay, that makes sense. The The display table just shorted or something and caught fire, and that's when I, why everything's soot-covered. Yes. 
Um, the sensor station is also damaged, but it looks like you could probably fix it. The tech station where life support is, that looks functional enough. And somebody has taken an axe to one of the pilot stations. As in, there is an axe inside the pilot station. All right, so Kayla's going to take the axe and uh, okay. show it to the others. It's like, uh, anyone need an axe? Someone decided to throw it at the pilot's controls. Hey, uh, uh, Davis, you, do you use an axe to fly your ship? Davis is not on the bridge. She is making her way to the med bay. Oh. All right. Hey, hey, Cham, have you ever seen... Looking after you. Cham, have you ever seen uh, Davis fly with an axe? That might be why she's so bad at flying. She she needs one of these. It would explain a lot, actually. It would, yeah. The, uh... I don't know, maybe... Then I'll just kind of look around the fire damage and the whatever happened here. It's like maybe maybe it was less a fire and more of an explosion that pushed the fire equipment gear into stuff. You know, maybe it flew out of the uh, maybe it flew out of its cabinet and that's where it ended up from an explosion. The easiest way to figure out what happened here is to uh see what we can do about getting this power uh, going back on, get everything all the way up and running. Um, how are you making out on that for me there, Rye? Oh, you want him to get power on? Uh, that's at the other end of the ship and down a couple decks. Well, what are you doing here? Trying to find out how to cut a hole into the floor of the... Never mind. Yeah, I'll go. Hey, Cham, you want to come with me or... Yeah... Let's, uh, buddy system. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Davis, you are currently at the med lab. Okay. Um, is it easily accessible? I would like to go in and start searching said med lab for, okay. um, so at, as you've traversed these halls, um, you've tromped down along the deck You've noticed that there are some brown stains here and there on the walls that your uh, your flashlight kind of shines across. And there looks like there's occasionally some bits of like strange black mold that's on the floor and like the grating of the uh, of the walkways. But so far, all the doors are opening with the push of a button, which is nice because there's very little power in here. Mm. So. You're able to walk right down to the med lab and look inside, and then the door just slides right open for you. And so inside this room, you're going to find two medical pods. And these are almost like a cryopod, except that they are a stasis pod generally for medical use. So if somebody is really, really injured, you throw them in here for a quick freeze, right? Yeah. One of those tubes has been splintered, shattered, broken. There's bits of plexi all over the floor, as if something broke out of it. The entire inner surface is covered in thick, dry blood. Elsewhere in the med lab is a large row of specimen jars 
along the bulkhead. In two of them are two small... You're not sure what they are because you've never seen them before. Across the med lab bay is a smaller specimen jar that has no liquid in it, but it has a collection of what looks like black eggs inside it. Finally, on the desk next to that weird jar of eggs is an urn made of metal, and it's open. There are four glass vials inside of it. Three are intact, and they have a black liquid. And the fourth is cracked open and empty. What would you like to do? Anyway, um, does the power to the whole ship have to be on in order to access any kind of medical computer log data? For the medical computer, yes. You can always search the area for stuff. Uh Uh-huh. Um, but if you want data, you'll need to have the power on. Okay. Um, so I guess pack up the files, kind of put the lid on the urn, grab that, grab the jar of the eggs, um, and then go over comms and, uh, you know, Fry, why have we got any power yet? Like, why am I still walking around in the dark? So as you touch the jar that has the eggs, Mm-hmm. The jar, uh, the eggs um, start spitting like they look like spores. And so um, these jars just it just fills with this, these black spores just like and they almost look alive like they're trying to find a way out of this closed jar. As long as I keep the jar closed, I'm fine. <laughs> Sound so, logic. <laughs> Davis, the the. The, there's a thing on your shoulder. If you turn the switch on, it'll make it so you're not in the dark anymore. Yeah, it's yeah, right. It's I got a flashlight. I understand, but can you not get like? Can you not reroute some kind of? I mean, the doors are opening for me. There's got to be some power. Can you not just make our job a little easier to see what's going on? Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Do you do you oh. have a monkey wrench to use? Okay, just are. You, can you just let me do my job? I was asking how much longer for you to do your job. Uh, I'll tell you when it's done. So cut the com. Um, also in the med bay, any, any medications, pill bottles, anything at all? Because that's probably good also to salvage. So you are able to find um, a there is a med kit case that is underneath the desk. There are four personal med kits in the lockers. And if you could roll one D6 for me, please. You will find in uh, medical cabinets two doses each of never-to-sleep pills, hydration pills, and nap relief. There are also some surgical instruments, you know, stuff you find in a med bay. They sound Never like stimulants. Nap and <laughs> what was the se- hydration pills? Yes, hydration. And then four personal med kits. And one med kit, one big one. Yes, one big med kit. Inside that med kit, do you look at it inside? Yeah. You will find six syringes with uh, some kind of of, uh, dark-looking liquid inside. 
Okay. All right. Um, nothing else in the med bay to, to do. So I guess then it's taking everything with me and uh, making my way toward the bridge. Okay. So, Cham and Rye, you are where? I was heading towards the ra- reactor relay control. Okay, reactor relay control on deck C. Deck C, yes. Get this power up so that she can stop bitching. Find something else right. to bitch about. All right. So, you're going, you, you go down, uh, you hit junction C1 or C2, I guess. And as you step out, you can see that it is the same here as it was elsewhere. And so you reach the reactor relay control door. And you can see through the window, it glows a dull pale blue in this room. It casts long and deep shadows. All of the furniture in here, you know, the chairs, the desks, have been torn to pieces. And it looks like something has created some sort of weird nest. And so there's a pile of debris that is close to the reactor door that you can see. And inside, you can see a crumpled up spacesuit with a filthy, fogged helmet. And the suit looks like it was lit on fire at some point. Why would somebody choose to live next to the reactor when they ran out of whatever is wrong with this ship. Why do they have a habit of lighting everything on fire? Well, I mean, when you're bored, why not? If you know you're going to die, you just waste the extra oxygen. I mean, that doesn't sound like a smart idea. But I've never been that close to dying, so... Not that I plan on anytime soon. Alright, what we gotta do to get this thing fixed? You wanna run some diagnostics or something? Yeah, let's freak out the old, uh... Space stuff. All right. So you are doing what now? I'm sorry. I was I was distracted for a moment. I was wits plus something, I'm assuming. Uh, so you're going to go in and start taking a look at stuff? Yeah, yeah. try and okay. we have to go. Because I'm assuming the relay control is where we actually have to do most of the work. Or at least run yes. a scan of stuff. Yes, that is correct. So as you open up the door and you let your lights run over everything, you will see that there is some kind of weird yellow-white resin that is covering most of the reactor chamber. And it looks thick enough that you know you're going to have to clean that shit off in order to get the reactor running properly. And that's also to bring the engines online. Because this is the engine room, after all. Great. Fuck. I'm going to go back to the ship and get some, I don't know. What do we even got that'll clean this? Um, Some sort of scraper? Something. We got mops and buckets, but we need a lot of buckets. Let's see. Oh. We got um, I got this incinerator here. Do you think it's flammable? Uh, hold, it all away. Hold up. Hold up. I, as HR Geiger Counter would like to ask this question. You are looking to use an incinerator in a reactor yep. room. Yeah, no, I, I clued into that, yep. Okay. One other thing I'd like to clue you into is that as you are preparing to enter this room, 
the Geiger counters on your suits will start to crackle. Oh, there's a radiation leak. Lovely. Well, that doesn't surprise me, given the state of the rest of this. Yeah, yeah. But uh, do do our suits have rad protection? Um, you will start taking radiation damage. Basically, it's one rad per turn. Let me see. Let me see. How much can you take before you die? All of it. Currently, you are you have uh, strong radiation. And so every time you gain a radiation point, you must roll a number of dice equal to your total current number of accumulated rads. For every success on the roll, you will take one point of damage. I see. So our suits don't protect against radiation at all. The suits are protecting against radiation, but it's still pretty bad. Got it. So, um, huh. Huh. Yeah, let's go get uh, mops and buckets, because I don't want to be stuck in here. Yeah, let's try to make this as quick as possible, and uh, maybe chat up the the Corf guy, let him know how much uh, all the cool stuff we found so far. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we walked across, across a catwalk over the vehicle bay? You did. Is there anything in the vehicle bay? So... You see on the catwalks, there's a crane on ceiling tracks that loads cargo to and from the vehicle bay and the cargo deck. However, all you see is pitch blackness inside. You can hear the rattling of chains, and you figure it's probably pulled slack from holding cargo crates in place. But you can't really see anything in here. Okay. Does uh, does this old model ship would it have a power loader? That be the kind of thing, or is that more recent technology? So this does not seem to have a power loader from what you've seen on the cargo deck. If you went down to the vehicle deck, you might be able to find something. But where are you guys right now? Like, are you still in front of reactor relay control or? Uh, I think uh, we're going to head back towards our ship to get stuff. Okay. Yeah, starting to go up Junction C3, is it? Okay. So, as you start to leave, give me an observation roll. Uh-oh, I got a stress. Oh. Oh, dear. Okay, stress time. Okay, okay. Bring up the stress... Uh, Pack roll? There it is. Okay. So, rolling for stress. Bear with me, gentle listeners. I have to find the right page. So, our lovely engineer has rolled a one on the stress dice on a skill roll. He cannot push the skill roll. Instead, we have to roll for panic. So, rolling for panic. Roll 1d6 for me, please. Six. Add one to that. All right, seven. Okay, so, Kalurai, you are experiencing a nervous twitch as you turn because you glance inside that reactor to see all that fucking work you're going to have to do. The spacesuit is gone. 
increase your stress level by one. Cham, increase your stress level by one. And as you see Rai twitching, you hear the reactor start to fire up as power is restored to the Cronus. What the fuck? What'd you do? As Kayla Rye started getting a nervous twitch, as she noticed that the spacesuit that was in the reactor room is gone. And so, as that door to the reactor room slides shut, it buckles as something runs into it from inside the room. You see a dent in the door as it is now unable to function from the damage. What the fuck? Uh, yeah, I think it's time to go to the bridge. And then there's another dent in the door. And yep, another. Going. Bye. Right now. Yep. Up, up, up the junction. All right. So everybody else, except for Wilson, because Wilson's on the Montero. Yep. The lights Smart. start coming up. The power starts coming on, and you hear the ship's computer over the intercom say, uh, I had it, and then I didn't, because I'm a dork. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Gosh. I know. We'll fix it in post. Um, it says, uh, cryopods activating. Cryopods. Excellent work, guys. You got the power back on. You want to come back, meet me up here on the bridge, everybody? Yeah, I think there's something in the reactor room. What do you mean something uh, in the reactor room? There's a reactor. Uh, yeah, we um, were in the reactor room, and then we left, and power came back on, and something tried to, like, ran into the door repeatedly. Did you get a look at what it is? Maybe it's a, a robot that came back online with the power. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Okay. See you in the bridge. All right. So we've got our, our two engineers booking it towards the bridge. Davis, what are you doing? Um, well, I guess since the power's back on, if I, I said I was going to make my way up to the bridge, I think I'll turn around and go back to med. Okay. And uh, see if I can access any data, get any information as to what happened. Oh, okay. So let me pull this back up. Ah, okay. So there is, uh, as you enter in, as the power comes back on, you see the lights come up. Um, the broken med pod kind of sparks. And then the second one that is covered in blood stays closed. Yes. Let me do that real quick. Mm-hmm. Give me a moment as I... I thought we were still finishing up Act 1. No, we are technically still finishing Act 1. Act 2 agendas yet. There is there is a, a, a definitive end to Act 1. That's what I'm trying to get us to. Yeah. Um. So, there is uh, on the desk... Uh, next to this bloody ass plexiglass med pod, uh, there is a computer and it comes online. Um, so yeah, uh, let's see what kind of last entry or anything that's happening as far as data on that. And I will roll if I need to. 
You won't need to. Okay. Because the uh, the the ship's medical log was the thing that was open on the uh, on the uh, display as you start looking at it, and you will see it doesn't have a log of what has been happening. Instead, it looks like an autopsy report, and it is mentioning that there was an exploratory surgery of a. Uh, it looks like a crew member by the name of Wilson, was vivisected while alive. Hmm. Things that you will note is that the arm bones have been elongated, as was the skull. It looked like it softened and covered itself with a gel and then went super long, longer than anything that you've ever seen before, something that wasn't human. Um, find my, yes, that one. And so, um, there. So it has this gelatinous cowl that's opaque, just like this, this full opaque skull. Um, it notes that the skin was a translucent gray as if it was kind of dead. Um, the eyes were very prominent and the, uh, the log notes that muscle mass is substantially increased, and because of the epidermis being thick and mottled, it is uh, also very uh, resistant to any type of blunt force trauma. Take note of all of that, and then I will make my way back up to the the bridge, since the captain did order that we do that. Okay, so... Everybody meets back at the bridge. Davis arrives first because she didn't have far to go. And she is... What What did you do with the stuff that you salvaged? Um, no, I show back up at the bridge and um, toss out the, the four med kits. Uh, and say, found some med kits in case we can use them. Okay. And uh, Captain, it looks uh, pretty messy down there. I think they may have had a um some accident with uh, one of the one of the crew members looks like they performed some kind of operation on them but no bodies down there that I saw. You didn't touch anything, did you? Uh well, I didn't touch the med kits. Got to bring them up. I had to go through stuff. Yeah, but uh Wilson was saying that this was some kind of a science ship. There's no idea what could be infectious down there. Just protect yourself, all right? Got it, Captain. You didn't happen to find that key card in your uh, wandering, did you? I'd really like to get in the mother's room. Didn't find any bodies, and I mean, I'd like to help you out. I don't know how to, I mean, till we find that car, but like I said, I didn't see any bodies. I mean, maybe send uh, Sham and Rye down to the cryopod, see if there's bodies there, and if so, they can pop open one of the pods and see if they can find a card. At this point, you both will hear a cacophony of boots against, uh, against ca- uh, uh, grating as Rye and Cham come into the bridge at full tilt. We're here, boss, captain. What are you guys so out of breath for? Let's not, let's conserve your oxygen. Okay. That's rule one. 
I think uh, perhaps during the run-up here, we've had the terrible idea to talk. Is there, like, private comments between the two of us, I guess, we can have set up? Or is it all... I mean, it's all open, but you can always have turned the comms off and talk. Yeah, I think there's definitely been a conversation about, oh, God, something's gone horribly wrong. Um, You know, we're... Mm, I don't know the words that I want for this, but it's just like something here isn't right, and it's gonna... We should get out of here. Yeah, we should grab something before we go, though. For we selling. should just get... A little bit of a little bit of something. We should explain everything to to John, and we should just get we should just get out of here. Yeah, probably sounds like good good idea. Okay. So at that, let's see where did it go? Ah, here we are. So as you are sitting there discussing. You will hear a uh, an alert, and it is coming from Mother on the Montero. Your comm units crackle to life with a burst of static. Displacement drive malfunction. Cascade failure imminent. Fission reactor overload in T-minus 10 minutes. Increase your stress levels by one. Uh... Guys, uh, what did you do? Why are all the lights flashing over here? What did... (laughs) Davis, Rye, what do you know? What do I know? How do we know Wilson did do some? What did you touch over there? What did we do? You're on the ship alone. I've been sitting over here in the galley like I told the captain I would. And there was Uh like a sudden surge. All the lights flickered for a little bit. And then I get this acknowledged, what is going on? What's a cascade failure? It isn't good. So privately, because I don't want uh, John Wilson to hear me, uh, Davis, fix it. Can you fix this? I can't fix it. This is a rye job. Rye? Yeah, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll go. Sure. What do I do? Uh, Rye will be over. Yeah. Rye starts running down the hall towards the uh, junction to get out. Okay. So is it is it just you going, uh, hauling ass right now? Uh, I'm going to go too. All right. I'll, I'll go to the, our side of the, or my side of the tube and wait for him there in a panic state. All right. So, Has anything lit up on the bridge? Uh, have any of the controls, any of that kind of things come on? That might. You told me to stay off the bridge. No, uh, where know, where we are. Yeah, on, on the, the Cronus, not the Montero. Yeah. So on the Cronus, the command station has lit up, and it looks like uh, everything is working fine right there. Uh, you can definitely see there is a fire in this room. Um, the monitors are flashing red on the life support right now, and they're reading that uh, there's a lot of carbon dioxide content in the ship's recycled air, and that the air scrubbers are currently offline. The pilot stations are not functional. All right, then I'm going to run back and try and take care of my baby, take care of my ship as well, see what I can do. Okay, so that's three of you. 
Leah Davis, what are you doing? I mean, I think I might just stay on this ship just to make sure, see if there's anything else going on. Uh, stay on the bridge, see what I can access. Um, I know I'm not going to get into uh, talk to mother, but there might be other ways uh, to find out any other information that happened as to what uh, happened on the ship. Okay, so um, if you'll make a com tech roll for me, I'll give you the information from the command station. Meanwhile, the three of you are booking it, and you make it to the umbilical, as Mother says, cascade failure imminent, ship destruction in T minus nine minutes. All right, Rye, uh, let's go, let's go, let's go into the tube. I'm doing the old pointy run. Yeah, no fuck. I'm going. Uh, so yeah, Rye runs towards wherever cascading failures can be stopped. All right. So you book it over to reactor control. Give me a Comtech roll. Oh. Uh, yeah. Can you roll 1d6 for me, please? Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> oh, this is awesome. Uh, I have to push it. <gasps> okay. Um, so you have rolled a two, and so on the stress table, nothing happens. You're keeping it together. Me? Yes, you. <gasps> yes! <laughs> hey, me. All right, so two successes, and I get... Oh, man. Okay, so roll 1d6. Five. All right, so you have that's that's a total of nine. Am I correct? Yes. Okay. What are you carrying right now? Just the incinerator. Yeah, just the incinerator. So as as you are trucking it and and trying to smash at the reactor control, you uh, you nearly trip over the incinerator and it goes sliding out of your grasp and off into a corner of the reactor control room where it is almost impossible to get to. It'll take you a second. You can get it, but it's already not helping what you've got going on right now. So increase your stress level by one. And probably the reason that you dropped this is because as you're checking the reactor control, You'll note that the cascade failure cannot be stopped. Not in 10 minutes. Not in 10 hours. Guys, we got to get out of here. To go where? Cascade failure imminent. Ship destruction in T minus eight minutes. Well, is the Cronus up to snuff? Can we station on that and get away from this thing? I don't know. Um, right now, there's no life support, so we're limited to what oxygen we have. Uh, suit up. Grab whatever tanks you can. Um, uh, Rye, what what can we do here? Um, we need to get this explosion away from us. Is what we need to do. Yeah, yeah. He, um, the only thing I can think of is turn it off and on again. I don't think that's going to work. I'm running. Good man. I- I'm getting everything I can, and I am running. Okay. What does everything you can mean? 
Uh, well, a suit and oxygen tank for myself at the very least. If I can grab another oxygen tank for myself, then I will. Okay. So you can try and speed through putting that suit on, but it's going to take you five minutes. Yes. Now oxygen in the <coughs> at the time, right? Yes, there is I've the, never said the scrubbers. I'll put the suit on. Okay, the scrubbers. Uh, the life support says the scrubbers need maintenance. There is air, but there's a lot of carbon dioxide in it. I'm, I'll, if I have to do the whole hop step as I'm pulling the the onesie oxygen suit on as I'm crossing through the umbilical, I will. I don't care. Okay, I'm getting off. All of right, the Montero. I need it. You're getting off. Off the damn ship. I gotcha. Um, Cham, do you think you can get that, what was it, the cargo loader out of here in time? Can you fly it over? Oh, it's done. It's not like a, like a flying thing. Um, is there anything? Oh, we could get into Daisy. Let's do it. Do it and cut the Montero loose. Head down to Daisy. Okay. And if I can get the loader into Daisy in that amount of time, I'll do it. But it will take you two minutes to put the power loader into Daisy. It can take the power loader with no problem. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that so that this whole thing isn't a complete loss. Okay. How are you getting the Montero away from the Kronos? Uh, Rye, can you cut it loose? Let's cross back over and cut it loose. Is that the autopilot? Well, we can cut it loose. So, yeah, I guess autopilot to tell it to go away. Yeah, yeah. Sure. That is so, something that you can do. Does Rai know how to set do the autopilot? Do we need Davis to do that? Can she do and that remotely? Davis can set the autopilot. She is a pilot. She knows how. If you have piloting skill, you are a pilot and you know how. But somebody is going to have to make that thing accelerate. Like You'll set the autopilot, but you're not going to make it back to the umbilical before the Montero pulls away. And you've got to make it do a hard burn to get out of range before it wrecks the Cronus too. I mean, you don't have to get out of the Montero. You just have to get down to Daisy. We can launch Daisy after the autopilot is set. So one person runs to unhook us. The other person runs to uh, set the autopilot. The third person is waiting in Daisy. These are all things that can happen. I can fly the ship if you can fly me out of here. I mean, if you have piloting, you could pilot the... You can pilot Daisy as well, yes. Okay. All right, so everybody gets to work. Wilson is crossing over at the four-minute mark. Meanwhile, Captain Miller has set the autopilot to execute a hard burn, which will occur at T-330 before destruction. By then, Cham has got the power loader into Daisy, and Daisy is prepped for launch. Rye, what are you doing at T minus three minutes and 30 seconds? Uh, Rye is uh, decoupling, I guess. That's okay. Thing. So you'll be decoupling the, uh, the thing at 3.30. Perfect. Yeah. And forgetting the incinerator. And forgetting the incinerator. Even better. So Mother says T minus three minutes and 30 seconds, and several things happen at once. Kalerai disconnects the umbilical and shuttles her and Wilson through the inner airlock before sealing it. They are now aboard the Cronus, Deck A, 
at Junction A1. Lyran Cham is on board Daisy. The power loader has been strapped into a loading spot. The shuttle is otherwise empty. And Vanessa Miller is booking it as fast as she can down to the cargo bay to get into Daisy. Cascade failure imminent. Ship destruction in three minutes. The umbilical is out of the way. The airlock is closed, but the Montero is still there. And then you see the engine start to fire up as it starts pulling away, taking a perpendicular course to the Cronus. The burn is hard, and you can see flames wash over the hull of the Cronus as the Montero starts to boost hard away from the Cronus as fast as it can. On board the Montero, Mother says again, Cascade failure imminent. Ship destruction in two minutes and 30 seconds. And that is when Miller hits the cargo deck running and can see the open loading dock of Daisy. Lyran Cham is inside waving you on. What do you do? Dive right into the driver's side, uh, slam the door shut, I assume, and uh, are the uh, punch in the buttons to open the cargo bay door and mm-hmm. fire it up and get the hell out of there. All right. So you punch in the codes to open the cargo doors to get out of the Montero. And as you do, the doors open and the whole bay decompresses. You're trying to get this done as fast as possible. On the cameras, you can see the tanks of helium-3 starting to shake and, and try and push themselves from their moorings and their straps and try and, and go to the door where all of the air is escaping. Cascade failure imminent. Ship destruction in 90 seconds. The engines are hot on Daisy, and the door is not quite open enough for you to go. Cascade failure imminent. Ship destruction in 60 seconds. You think you can get Daisy through. Give me a piloting roll at minus one. Don't forget to add stress. So is it just my piloting or piloting and agility? Piloting and agility plus stress. Okay. So two plus three plus my one stress. Plus your stress. Well, the but stress is on the, the separate roll. It's a separate right. roll. It's a separate roll. Okay. Subtract right. one from your piloting and your uh, agility total. So instead of the five, then I would have a four. Yes. And my one and stress. Mm-hmm. Yep. Excellent. So you eyeball it, and you hit full thrusters, and you can feel the uh, the ship push forward as flames erupt out of the back, out of the thermal exhaust ports. They wash over the helium-3 tanks, and you can feel the back of the ship start to buck as highly volatile explosive fuel starts to uh, explode from these gas tanker-sized tanks. 200,000 pounds 
worth of expensive, highly volatile fuel is starting to ignite behind you as the ship starts to prematurely break apart. But you don't care about any of that because Daisy is going fast enough to clear the bay. And the ship makes its way out just in time as flames start to erupt from the bay behind you. And you can still hear Mother in your earpiece as you're pulling away from the ship as fast as you can. Cascade failure in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. And then you don't hear anything, but you can feel it. Daisy starts to buck, and it starts to chatter and shake as the shockwave from an exploding cargo vessel reaches her. It's like you're surfing on a tidal wave that is roaring through a populated metropolis. Give me another piloting roll at minus two, please. Mmm. Roll me 1d6, please. <laughs> so with your one success, you manage to keep your hands on the stick. And as the shockwave roils over Daisy, you can hear access plates clattering to the floor. Alarm klaxons are starting to blare. And you're not sure that you can keep it together. But the shockwave fades. The ride smooths out, and the Cronus becomes larger and larger in the viewport as you manage to keep together the panic for now. And I think we'll call Act 1 here. Son of a bitch, you just blew up my favorite ship. The one that I, didn't have monsters on it. <laughs> I, I, I did. <laughs> I did absolutely blow up the ship that did not have any monsters on it. Are you sure, though? Well, I mean, in the alien universe, man is the most terrible monster of all. Except no, it's the aliens. <laughs>